Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Michelle Cooper. Michelle is the high priestess of profit, a spiritual gangsta, CEO of Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping, a profit-first professional, and author of several books. Michelle took her small accounting firm in rural British Columbia to a thriving online business encompassing coaching and consulting, speaking and writing, while balancing the management and growth of a brick-and-mortar office. She has built a solid team of bookkeepers, accountants, tax professionals, and business coaches who support impact-driven entrepreneurs to have highly profitable, sustainable businesses while creating the peace of mind that comes from a solid financial foundation. Today, Michelle supports the growth of her clients' businesses with real strategic planning while also addressing the mindset issues that arise with growth in order to burst through and rise up to levels they never dreamed possible. The team at Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping support clients across North America, specializing in coaches and consultants. Michelle and her team have helped hundreds of business owners climb out of entrepreneurial poverty into the land of profit. Today, Michelle and I are talking about what you need to know financially as you go to hire your first team member. So not only making sure that you can afford your team member, whether they are filling a direct revenue generating position or an indirect revenue generating position, but also what you need to think of cost-wise once that person is on your team. And what we mean by this is costs in addition to their paycheck, but expenses that are essential if you want to keep your team members happy and thriving and keep your turnover low. So let's jump into the conversation. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love this topic. I love talking about expansion of our businesses through adding team members. Ah, I am so excited for this conversation. I can't wait to dig in. But before we get started, can you take a moment and introduce yourself and your business to our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Michelle Cooper. I am the founder of Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping, and we support coaches and consultants and practitioners in uh, having accurate, detailed financial records and transforming the relationship with money 
and really stepping into a place of um, empowerment around the financial aspect of their business. A lot of people carry a lot of baggage around money and um, can get themselves into quite the chaos and mess. And we, we help them say yes to the mess um, that they're in, embrace it, love it. It got you to the place you're at now. And we can transform it so that you can uh, actually achieve the wealth that you want to achieve. And often, like our mission truly is, um, and what we can often see is that people shift the entire trajectory of wealth for their family and future generations through entrepreneurship. Yes. And isn't that what we all want? You know, what's the point of going through all the hassle and extra stress of owning a business if you're not going to have the wealth from it? Exactly. Exactly. We don't want to do this for free, people. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I am so excited to be speaking to you right now because as our listeners know, because I've shared it on a few um, podcasts of my solo episodes recently, I am getting ready to hire my first team member. And I know you do a lot to help people identify, can they financially afford a team member? Is this the right move? And what do you need to worry about in your finances once you hire that person and everything? So I am so excited for this conversation and get to pick your brain a little bit. So not only can you help me, me figure all this out, we can provide some excellent advice for anyone else who's in the same boat and trying to figure out, all right, I think the work is there. Is the money there from that next step exactly. in my business? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I, so I'm excited. Let's dive in. Yeah. So let's start off like from like a CFO perspective, what should you be seeing in your financials or, you know, to really figure out should is hiring a smart step? Mm -hmm. Well, to me, the first, um, the first thing that arises is like, are you aware of what you're doing? So often when clients um, come to us, maybe they, maybe they're a solopreneur or they might have an admin kind of like a, you know, very small amount of hours to just get a little admin support. Um, but they, they feel like their feeling is that they don't have enough time or, um, they're stretched. Like they feel like maxed out. Right. And so it's actually for them to look at what are the things that you're doing? Right. And then, when we can see what they're doing, so that might mean time tracking, for example, right? When we can see what they're doing, we can identify very clearly, is this a role that is like a fulfillment role? So you're say replacing some of the things that you do with clients with other people, right? right. Is this a support role, which would be non-revenue generating, which takes up a lot more money, right? A lot more margin. Um, that, you know, like you just need some kind of like admin, like further admin um, management or like project management kind of role. Uh, and, and then in those two categories, they have different needs, right? right? So if you identify that, if we identify that you have a need for a fulfillment role, so this is a revenue generating role, right? They are... Um, they are fulfilling on the services that your company provides. Then we need to look at your price point. What's your, what's your profit margin on that? 
often what we see is that um, when we're doing everything ourselves, uh, we can maybe be a little low on our pricing sometimes, especially, you know, at the beginning stages where we're trying to build up clientele, testimonials, reputation, that kind of thing. Um, when you bring a team member on, you as the business owner will take a hit in the profitability there. So you right. need to look at your pricing. That's the first step is to understand, well, how profitable is this product or service? And is there uh, room in the marketplace for me to increase my price? Uh, and just look at that, right? Um, always when we're looking at team members, we're looking at how much revenue do they support in the business versus how much do we pay them? That's right. a key, a key um, variable that you need to look at when you're building your team. Yeah, I feel like that's very important. So to look at that for for like, so for my business, if I, if I was like, okay, I'm hiring someone to be in this fulfillment position, this direct revenue generating position, it would be like me hiring another me, someone who's actually going to work directly with the clients. They're yep. going to own cl certain clients, those client relationships and fulfill what our company does. So they're going to write hiring strategies for our recruiting clients. They are going to be posting the job, conducting the interviews, doing the write-ups for the clients and guiding the clients like through the process. It's pretty much like doing what I do it for the client facing work, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so then what you need to always be looking at as the business owner is how much revenue are they holding, like the client base that they're holding. And I don't know if, it, you know, it's a situation where they have monthly revenue, like monthly retainer, or they have um, project-based revenue, or, you know, um, uh, like it's sporadic. Uh, mm -hmm. we'd have to look at like, what do I kind of look at it? Like, what are they caring for? Right. What is the revenue that they hold in their little basket um, compared to how much it costs to have them on the team. Right. And as a, as a, a really like wide kind of um, assumption, you'd want three or four times the revenue at, compared to the cost. Now, different business models have different percentages, right? So right. It, that's why I say like, it just is like an overall wide paintbrush of it. That's what you'd be looking at. But it does depend on the other things that happen in your business, your overall profit margin, um, you know, your offer, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like that was very important that you just shared because I was almost going to ask you a question around, right around that because, you know, for some businesses, we're service-based businesses. When it comes to us doing it, we don't necessarily see the cost of fulfilling that service Unlike a product-based business, business or something where there's physical material and you have to pay for that material in order to fulfill the service or the delivery of the product. So I feel like in some of those areas, it's a little easier to see, okay, well, here's my profit margin when we sell one of these. Now let me factor in the cost of having a team member within a service. It's like, well, yeah, it's, it's all profit at first because the fact that it's me, it's me doing it. Totally. And it's like, we, we got to get out of that mindset. It's like, okay, now that you're hiring someone else, you have to factor in the cost of doing that business in a way is pay like paying that person to do that job. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's why when we are working with people who are solopreneurs in their business, um, we want to make sure that there's a capacity within their financial structure for them to pay themselves a market value salary. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time people, they don't pay themselves. They're like, oh, I can go without, right? Like I can, I can scrimp or I can do this or that. And what that does is it sets you up for um, like a problem in the future, right? Because you haven't built in the, the salary that it would cost for somebody to do that service. Right. And so you're missing really key piece of information. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about the other type of positions. Cause I know I've kind of talked about this before, like, okay, the direct revenue generating positions. And like, I like to call the other ones indirect revenue generating positions. Cause typically I'd say like, especially when you're running your business at first, you have to split your time as that solopreneur between the revenue generating tasks and everything else that needs to get done. So I like to view it sometimes and correct me if I'm wrong with this thinking is the other tasks Once they get off your plate, those backend like admin tasks that don't directly generate revenue, it gives you more time to generate revenue yourself, to work with more clients, to make more sales. So in a way, those other positions, even though they're not making sales, working directly with the clients, they still impact revenue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So calling them indirect revenue generating roles is really ideal, right? Like you said when you can free up some of your admin time or, you know, your kind of office hour kind of time, um, you are able to spend that time generating sales and fulfilling on client needs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The business owner obviously needs to be diligent in their time management, right? Uh, And making sure that they're using that free time to generate revenue, because that is a place where you can start to um, see a financial impact, right? Uh, where we create space and then we fill it with other admin, right? Right. <laughs> um, or other things that we are doing that maybe aren't leading to revenue, right? Um, and so, you know, it, it is, it's obviously, you know, it's easier in a way to bring revenue generating roles on because there's income to support them, right, in the business. When we look at uh, the indirect revenue generating roles like office management, admin management, project management, those kind of things, um, even you know things like uh, um, visibility work, like like social media, um, video editing, all of those kind of pieces, right? Um, client acquisition work, right? That's another one, right? Like we never know. Uh, like if you have somebody who works in sales, that's a little bit different, but a lot of client acquisition work, like social media management, even like podcast editing, all of the stuff that goes into a podcast is client acquisition costs. Um, and having somebody within that, we don't see necessarily a direct revenue, but um, they obviously contribute to their role contributes to that, right? right? So we do need to look at the cash flow in the business when we're, um, looking at adding these, what some might call kind of overhead payroll situations, because what can happen as you grow a business is your it's very, very easy for your payroll to outpace your profit. And so if you feel like um, 
if you feel like this is an area that you are wanting to hire in, uh, create a plan. So looking at your numbers earlier on, understanding the margin that you're operating in, perhaps looking at your price point so you could increase your margins a little bit, and then um, removing some cash flow from your operating ex um, account to create a runway to support this person. Because at the, at the very beginning, it takes your time. Like they don't free up your time at the beginning, right? right. It can take more of your time at the beginning because you're training them and you're getting exactly. them set into their role, right? And so you're not actually spending any of that. Is There's no free time for you to go and get more sales because you're supporting them. And so we need to create a cushion or a runway there um, of cash. And it, it, is, it is fairly easy to do when you look at the numbers. So if you got accurate detailed financial records and, you, and you're looking at the numbers, you can plan it out, like you can map it out so that you create a little bit of a buffer for yourself uh, and, um, and, and even like timeline what this looks like for you. Like in the first four weeks, I'm with them and I'm doing the things. And then, you know, the next month, next four weeks, they're mostly on their own and that will free up you know, this many hours for me. Well, my goal in that many hours is to generate this much sales, which is going to support them, right? So I like that because it's like one of those things that when I'm helping my clients set up onboarding plans, we realistically look at what they can actually train this new hire on. So when they look at the job description, they're like, oh yeah, they can be a master of this in just two weeks. And I'm like, hold on, wait, you have to train them on each one of those things. And even if it's like stuff that they should already know how to do because it's like, you know, a common task that, that has to be done in any business, you still need to teach them what it means to do it in your business. So it takes time. So if they're a full-time position, they're not going to give you 40 hours of work that first week. And you aren't going to be able to give them 40 hours of training time that first week. So we look, we have to build up this plan of realistically, what can that person learn? What can you teach that person in the first week? And how do we connect it then to projects they can do when you're not training them? So train them on the thing so then they can independently do some things while you're doing other work and then build on their training. But one of the things that I haven't done yet that I think is important is, especially for these positions where they then need to be spending their time elsewhere is like, okay, outlining, let's outline. What are you going to do now that you're not doing these tasks and kind of build that in? Right. Like the reverse yeah. for them. They're getting more time. How are they spending that time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see I see this all the time where um, where clients, you know, we, we actually plan for the new person to come in and we, you know, plan for the financials around that. And we get to the point where, you know, they should be, um, they do have some more time. That person is more independent, that new person. And they're not generating more sales. And I'm like, well, you were supposed to be generating more income at this point. What's going on? Oh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm busy. Uh, well, I'm trying. Well, how are you trying? Oh, I don't know. I'm on Instagram. Like, I don't know, right? Like, it's right. different for everybody. But um, but we as the business owner, we need to be very intentional about where we're spending our time, obviously, and in the revenue generation, because, you know, one of the things as you start to grow your team, the 
the mindset of this it can be huge right of like oh no i'm i'm now responsible for people's paychecks yes right yes and that feels super heavy right yeah we don't want it to feel like that right we want it to feel light easy we want it to feel um exciting right um those are like powerful what i call like powerful states of being right they are that that is building a business from a place of abundance and prosperity and an empowered place rather than, oh my God, I'm now responsible for these people's paychecks. They're relying on me. I have to do this. I'm, you know, what if, what if I don't have enough money or, you know, what if the sales don't come through? Like that feels super heavy, lack, scarcity, very restrictive, right? It also right. leads us into a place of being reactionary about money and everything I stand for is against being reactionary about money. We want to be empowered about money and, uh, and understand that there's no, um, like I always say to my staff, there's no accounting emergencies. Like there's no 911 in the accounting world, right? Um, sure, there might be things that need to be done in a fairly quick pace maybe, um, but there's no like, like, like 911 emergency situation that didn't have a buildup, right? right. It, if there is a situation, like I have a client that was in a situation recently, um, needing to get needing to get her taxes filed because her house was about to go to auction, she hadn't paid her mortgage in a while. And so that yeah, there's definitely a timeline, but there was a whole buildup of years, right? that she exactly. was ignoring, right? And so the same thing can happen when we're building our team, right? We can take on that energy of um, responsibility, which isn't a bad thing, but if it feels heavy, then that's something to notice for sure. Right. And for those people who are listening and that are like, oh my gosh, this seems a little bit overwhelming because I'm not, I'm, I'm not a numbers person. Like, what do I do? That's exactly why they hire people like you, Michelle, right? It's like, if it feels heavy because it's foreign to you, you don't like this part of your business, or even if you do like this part of your business, you don't have the time to really dedicate to it. Hire a professional, outsource to the person who loves it, that can do it well and help you be proactive with your financial data and your business. Yeah, like I firmly believe your bookkeeper is the first person, like one of the most important people in your business is to have a really good bookkeeper. And it's the first person to ask, like, what do my numbers look like? If you've got a really good bookkeeper, they'll be able to tell you whether or not you can afford to hire somebody, right? Yes. If you're, if you have a, you know, a bookkeeper that isn't that knowledgeable and is just kind of processing transactions, that's okay. But you just might need some different support, you know, somebody like, like myself, or, you know, somebody who does kind of like um, cash flow analysis, uh, what, what is commonly called like fractional CFO work, um, where they come in and they look at your numbers, they analyze the profitability of your business and can help you create a plan for moving forward, right? Right. Because we can map all these numbers out really simply, like it's just math. Um, and I get it. it. It doesn't feel simple, 
for everyone. Um, numbers are my jam kind of thing. Words are not necessarily my <laughs> jam. And so I, I totally understand when people are like zipping through copy work and I'm like, I don't have the words. <laughs> um, right. I understand that people feel the same thing about numbers, um, but get support. Yes, right. Yes, like you're definitely. not in this alone. You're not in this alone. There's a lot of support out there. Yeah. And if everyone remembers, if you've been listening to the podcast, going back to, uh, let's see, what episode was it? Um, episode 66 with Eve Epstein. And like the, the whole thing we talked about in that episode is even when you're not ready to hire employees or you don't want to hire employees, creating your support system throughout this network of other business owners. So it's like, even if you're not ready for employees on your staff, you can have these experts in your corner that are working with you on a contractor basis that you outsource this area of your business to because it's what's right for your business, mm -hmm. for you not to do it and to put it on someone else's plate who is an expert. Yeah, for sure, right? Like there's so much valuable talent out there in the marketplace and having people come in on a contract basis to help you specifically resolve a situation or plan for a situation or even just to take a look at your business and and understand like is your price point positioned appropriately what are the profit margins in your business are they appropriate right. um you know all of that kind of thing uh there's just a lot of support out there for that and and don't be shy about asking for it Exactly. All right. So now here is something that I know a lot of people worry about financially. So we talked about this heavy burden of the finances and kind of feeling that heavy thing, like once you start to hire, because obviously once you start to hire, it is an expense. And one of the things that I think people get really nervous about and don't quite know what to do is when it comes to taxes and all that other stuff for employees. And I find that this is something that scares people so much that a lot of people start misclassifying their employees and have them labeled as contractors because they're like, then I don't have to worry about the taxes. And I'm like, hold up. There's a big difference between employees and contractors. And if you don't know the difference, we've covered it multiple times on this, on this podcast. I'll make sure I drop some links in the show notes on growingyourteam.com so you can go and find out the difference. But I'm like, you can't have this position as a contractor. It is an employee position. So we need to hire an employee or change the position completely. And of course, then they're so nervous about the taxes. So tell us a little bit more about taxes when it comes to hiring employees. Well, you know, the good thing um, is that we have the most amazing technology these days. And you can, uh, like a business owner could set up payroll in, in something like QuickBooks Online and have everything automated. Um, and it not cost a lot of money. So, right. and so to me, you know, I remember, God, like it honestly wasn't that long ago, probably 15 years ago, I, um, I actually had a job and it was the last job I ever had as assistant CFO for a really large uh, mill and payroll was done by hand. Like it was manually calculated, um, in this weird program, like it was just off with like, it was just awful. And 
now I look at the capabilities of something like QuickBooks Online, where uh, not only can the payroll literally mean that you are typing in a couple of hours and that's, you know, you put in a number for the hours they've worked, it'll calculate everything. It will also direct deposit their pay and it will auto remit the remittance to the IRS or, or CRA if you're in Canada. And that makes it so easy, right? Yes. So all you, all you need to know for the business, like as a business owner, all you need to know is the number of hours the person worked and that you have the total cash that it will tell you you need to in the bank account. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know when I was doing some research to figure out, okay, like what can I, I want someone who's working X amount, this X amount of hours a week being paid at X amount of rates. Can I actually afford that? Like, what is that going to calculate out to? I was able to find a quick, like a rough calculator that gave me an estimate of what was this position plus the taxes that as an employer, I have to pay for that position. And I was like, oh, it's really not that much more than just like the hourly rate. And I feel like that's what scares people. They're like, I have to pay so much more than just this hourly oh, rate. No. And it's really not that much it more is. in the it long is not. run. It is not. That to me is like one of the biggest myths out there. So often, you know, I have to have that conversation with people just like you mentioned where they've hired a contractor and I'm like, hmm. I don't think this role is a contractor. I think you've got an employee. And when we bring into consideration um, certain state legislature in the United States where you can't have contractors, right? It, yeah. Like doing fulfillment and stuff like that. Um, it makes it even more complicated, right? Or on the other hand, makes it even more straightforward, right? But um, it, it really doesn't cost you a lot extra as the business owner. Like in some states, it will cost you dollars, like literally under a hundred bucks for an average employee who's working 30 to 40 hours a week. Um, some states or some places in Canada cost you a little bit more, right? Um, but it's not, it's not that much. And uh, I recently, like when I, um, my business is now 11 years old. And so I feel like I've been through a lot of like the growing your team kind of problems or challenges that come up, right? That's why I love the yes. idea of what you do. Um, I feel like I went through everything um, and probably there's more to come. But when I started, I wasn't sure of how much work there was going to be. And so I started with revenue generating roles that um, I hired on a contract basis, Right. And then as I kind of stabilized my my income and got to a place where I knew that if I did this many activities, I would have this many calls and close this many deals kind of thing. Um, I then started moving those contractors to be employees. Right. And, uh, you know, last year um, I moved everybody to employee uh, regardless. I was just like, everybody's going to be an employee because that way they're all covered under all of the COVID benefits and all of that stuff. Nobody has to worry about anything. And I made a commitment that um, nobody was going to lose their job. We would figure it out together. Right. Yeah. And um, I feel like that was, it was such a empowering decision to be like, 
we only have employees, right? And that's yes. it. I yeah. feel sometimes people hire contractors for roles that are really, really important in their business. And and then those contractors just or freelancers just by the the scope of what they do and the nature of what they do, they're not bought into your company. Right. And and then so I don't know how much of a financial benefit that becomes in the long run. Right. Yeah. And it's something that I'm always having to remind people is that when you hire contractors, you're hiring another business to do work for your business. They have other clients. So they're not all in on your co company. You know, they might really care about you as a client and build that great relationship, but you're just one of their clients. They have other businesses or that businesses that they're working with. And um, just the recent episode, and you know, just you're you're doing a great job referring back to all topics we recently talked about in episode 70 with uh Margie. We talked about how she worked for a company, she started off as a contractor, and then they realized, hold on, these positions need to be employee positions because they really realized that they lack the sense of control over their team members that they needed. And we're not mm -hmm. talking about control in a bad sense, like you know, everything we're talking about just being you know, just the control of when people work, where people work, the processes that they're following and stuff like that, that as a business, you want standardization across your team. And they really couldn't have that with contractors. So she went from being a contractor to being their very first employee, and then eventually moving into a co-owner co position with the business. But it was that whole thing, like you talked about moving everyone from contractor to employee, because it was the right move for the business. Yeah, yeah. And and so, sure, there's there might be financial considerations in that, right? Um, again, we'd have to look at the numbers, right? Like, the numbers are the secret to the universe kind of thing, you know? Like, they will tell you, um, like, what you can afford to do and what you can't necessarily. Um, and by having that information, you can then change some things in your business. Maybe yes. there's a... Uh, expense that you can remove, or maybe there is a um, a new product that you can offer, or a price increase that you can put into place. Um, I had a client recently who realized that um, they needed a like a, a customer care person, kind of like admin, but a really customer care based, and and there wasn't any room um, in the margin to have this person come in. Um, but when we looked at client engagement and we could see like, okay, well, what was the trend in the business? If we actually brought this person in, is there a possibility that they are going to support the re-enrollment um, of clients? Because this was a coaching business, right? Uh, were they going to be able to really support the engagement in the program so people were getting fantastic results because they were highly engaged? Um, was there something that we could do to build uh, a little bit more profitability? She had a, a digital product that she stopped promoting a while ago. All we had to do was sell like five of them a month and it paid for this person. So that became the goal, right? So basically she worked with, you know, her, her ad manager to deliver targeted ads to this digital product and was selling like five to 10 a month, which totally paid for the um, client care person, right? right? 
So there's things we can do when we have access to the numbers, right? Yes. We can get creative. When we, when we come from a place of empowerment and, and possibility, then all of a sudden your brain fires up with all these ideas, right? Well, what if we do this? Well, what if we try that? Well, what about this thing over here? Um, and then suddenly there's more than enough room financially for this new role. Yes, exactly. So you mentioned in when you were speaking expenses. Okay, so we talked about employees. We understand the paycheck. Now we talked about the taxes. Are there other expenses when it comes to having employees that business owners should really think about and factor yeah. in when they go to hire? There absolutely is. So we want to factor in a percentage for like employee appreciation, right? Yes, big one. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, val showing these people that they're valued, that you care about them, that you're looking after them. Maybe you have a business that um, has benefits. I introduced a health spending account to my team uh, last September and they love it. Like they love that more than their paycheck sometimes, I think. And so you might look at something like that. There's also training and education. Um, you know, people want to grow, most people, right? They want to grow. They want to expand. They're interested in um, more, usually more learning something or getting better at something. Uh, there might be um, costs around uh, maybe um, company planning retreat or, uh, or, you know, leadership roles that need um, some space to uh, really kind of plan out the business or, um, uh, you know, map things out for the future kind of thing. There might be that. Um, there could be... Um, Things like, uh, you know, company, uh, like events that, that support the mission, right? So it, within my business, Alchemy, um, we're really conscious of the impact that we create in the world, right? Because we support people who are creating an incredible impact in the world through their work. And so we're really conscious about the impact that we create in the world. So um, a couple of weeks ago, we went out and we did a beach cleanup. Well, it was on a work day, and so I'm going to pay them to work that day while we're doing work for the company that isn't at their desk, right? Right. So things like that, that they do cost the business money, but, you know, going to do a beach cleanup and then going out for a great lunch as a team with me, and they're out in the sun, the fresh air all day, and we're having fun, it's worth so much more than the cost that was incurred for that day. Right. Exactly. And I was recently reading some articles and um, they're talking about how right now, and I believe this is corporate, but it could be crossing the small business is too, is about 50% of workers are considering leaving their job right now, which is higher than normal because of the way they felt their companies treated them during the pandemic and during COVID. And even though a lot of companies will be like, but we were scrambling. We were scrambling to try to keep revenues up. We were scrambling to learn how to adopt to a remote environment. But employees was like, but during all that, you forgot about your people. You forgot mm -hmm. about the people that are helping you make sure you have that revenue. You forgot about the people that are keeping the business running at the same time that they're trying to deal with kids learning from home. Like you forgot about us. And, you know, we felt that. 
and we're not okay with it. So these things, these extra expenses that really show your team members that you appreciate them, that you value them are super important because when you don't invest there, you end up spending a lot more money in employee turnover and having to refill positions. Well, I love that. Thank you for saying that because I, I sometimes I get told that I spend um, too much um, treating my employees, and I'm and I'm, I, but I don't think you can spend too much. Like they are what keeps the they are the business, right? And and you know, helping them feel uh, confident and 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 be excited about the company and the mission that we're um, in is what I'm supposed to do as a leader, I think, right? And so I think that it's surprising to like hear 50% of people. Um, I think that that's all like awful, but I can see it, right? Like I I can totally see it. Um, I've seen so many uh, businesses just kind of like, go into panic mode and forget that these are people yep and they matter you know um and and yeah sure maybe some businesses are scrambling and we still have to look after people right yep so yes yeah that's that's upsetting or disappointing or whatever but um look after your people I'd rather pay it to them in like days off or, you know, we have lunch together every Friday that we bring in and, and stuff like that. I'd rather pay that than to pay for a recruitment fee to try to find new staff. I know. Hire me because you're adding new positions, not because you're constantly losing right? your current employees. Not well, turnover. if that's the case, hire me too, because there might be a problem. But <laughs> I, totally. it's, but it is one of those things like I, I will be, I will be honest, my clients that are adding new positions, we have much better luck with, with things than if they're hiring because they're in that spot because they're constantly losing team members. And and sometimes those clients don't want to hear that the reason you're constantly losing team members is not because you're hiring the wrong person. It's because you you haven't created a company people want to work for. Mm-hmm. That they're getting in and being like, nope, no, thank you. And they're moving on. Like, you know, so you have to create a company that people want to stay with once they're there. And that takes money. Yeah, it does take money. And and you want to have that you know, I don't use the word budgeted, but like you want to have that within the spending plan of your business and, um, and understand, like be intentional with it. Right. Yes. Yes. All right, Michelle, we are coming up to the end of our time today. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. Well, um, uh, alchemyaccounting.ca is our website. You're welcome to go there. There's a lot of information on our site on the blog page. So as we were talking about, you know, the cost of hiring, there's a few articles there on the specifics around the financials of hiring and the financials around firing people. Um, So that would be really good information for your readers. Uh, And there's some other little um, gifts on the website for people who are wanting to create a different um, or I guess transform their relationship with with money and the financial aspect of their business 
that's what we really stand for. Um, when uh, people feel empowered around money, they make different choices and decisions. And, and like I said, it can shift the whole entire trajectory of your wealth. They can also find me on Instagram, Michelle B. Cooper, and on Facebook under Alchemy Accounting or uh, Michelle Cooper. Sounds great. And all of those links will be in the full show notes on growingyourteam.com. All right. So my last question that I love to ask all my guests, we've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had and share with us one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you. Yeah, well, I will say, um, so a, a leader that has been so impactful in my life um, is, uh, her name is Carol, and she is the president of uh, David Bear Businesses, which is um, a company that I have worked within and um, consumed their content and been a client and worked within their program and uh, even been a faculty member within their program teaching financials. Um, but what, what I really uh, feel uh, like impacted by Carol's leadership was the way that she balances like the kind of like the hustle and the get stuff done and really organized and um, high achieving with compassion and gratitude. Yes. So um, it. It, I've worked for a lot of people, like I've worked around the world in corporate finance um, and strategic growth, PricewaterhouseCoopers, KPMG, Citibank, all sorts of places, which um, have had a lot of male leadership that doesn't always have the compassion of gratitude piece and um, feels a more aggressive and like pushing forward. Right. And what I what I've learned from Carol in observation and in receiving of of her leadership has been that we can have both. I didn't know that that was possible before I had didn't have any evidence for it. And so I shied away from my own leadership in my company. And she inspires me almost on a daily basis um, in the leadership of my company to to have compassion and grace and gratitude as well as high expectations and high achievements and organization and, you know, setting really uh, audacious goals. Awesome. Sounds like a great person to learn from. And I feel like those things really make a difference. Like, and I, I feel like now more people are becoming aware of it, but in the back of the day, you know, like you said, male-centric leadership where they don't bring in the compassion and people fail to realize like how much impact one great and different leader can have on people. That it's that one leader who's like, okay, this might be the norm, but we're going to do it this way. And that other way, it makes such a difference, such an impact and grows future leaders that people want to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I totally agree. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle. It was so great speaking with you today for the podcast. You shared so much information and I know I've wrote down a bunch of nuggets of information to make sure that I am thinking about things right financially as I go to hire my new team member and set up things to properly appreciate them 
once they're on the team and producing amazing work. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I really want to thank you for the work you're doing in the world, you know, uh, your message and, uh, and the work that your listeners are doing. And um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of a part of it. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.